0: It's time for another Tucson Means Business, where you get to meet the best Tucson entrepreneurs and those leaders in the community with a story to tell. Tucson Means Business, and now your host, Mark Bishop. Yes, and it's that time again to enjoy another Tucson Means Business. And what we endeavor to do with this show is bring in all sorts of leaders in our community that have done and are doing a wonderful job for Tucson and Surrounds by way of what they do in their work world and how they help and support others. My guest today are Dan Gibson. He's the Director of Communications for Visit Tucson and primarily overseeing uh, domestic, culinary, and local media efforts. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate I also have uh, Devon Brown. Devon's a branch manager of the Great Western Bank. And uh, he's along today. He's a local graduate from Rincon Uni, high school, lettering in football and track and field. We won't all that against you, mate. You yeah, know. right. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for having Alrighty. me. All righty. And an icon of this city, CEO of his company and president of Film Creations Limited. Rick was born in New York City but grew up in suburban New York. Following graduation from the University of Denver's film program, he was invited to join the prestigious Directors Guild of America America in L.A. and here he is in little old Tucson, where he's been for many, many years, haven't you, mate?
1: And happy to be
0: here. Yeah, lovely to have you. How does one go from New York to Denver, Rick? Tell me.
1: Uh, it was, I believe, United Airlines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, no. Oh, uh, you didn't fly yourself? Fair enough. You know, okay. <laughs> no, I
1: actually, uh, I, I was, uh, I walked through the living room one time when my sisters were looking at a presentation for a thing called Camp Adventure that was a cross-country trip and I saw some pictures of Colorado that they were projecting, trying to get my sisters to sign up. And I said, I have no idea where that is, but I think I want to go to school there. So I tried to find a school there, one that would accept me, and son of a gun, University of Denver stepped up.
0: (laughs) That's very good, very good. Now, although this invitation uh, to join the prestigious Directors Guild of America that I talked about represented a tremendous opportunity for you, it required working in a highly structured union environment, apparently, which you uh, reluctantly declined the offer. What, What was behind that?
1: Well, you know, I went out to L.A. for about a week to try to find a place to live and uh, sort of get settled in. It was part of the uh, the internship program at DGA, which led into becoming a member. And uh, after about three or four days there, I, I just really couldn't get acclimated to, to living in Southern California. The traffic was so bad, I could, I could see a, a place I wanted to go across the street, but you'd have to take the <laughs> interstate to get there. And uh, so I, I went to the head of the guild, was Robert Aldrich at the time, and, and just said, you know... I really appreciate the honor, but if I have one life to live, it can't be here doing this.
0: Right, and that's when you made your mind up. Yeah, let's go to the summer of '76. You headed towards Tucson, where you had previously filmed uh, the Tucson Radio for NBC. Right, and uh, something marvelous was about to happen to you.
1: Well, yeah, we actually got lost. Uh, they sent me down with uh, two days worth of film and a four-day plane ticket, so <laughs> I had uh, two days. Like my bro- my girlfriend, uh, who later became my wife. Uh, uh, Came down, too, and we just tripped around, looked at the place. Uh, we were looking for a place to settle, and uh, the uh, full moon came up over one set of hills, and the big red sun went down over the other, and right. you know, the sky was every color from red to black, and we just said, I don't know where we are, but we're going to live here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't show you other places, ever. Like, yeah. just evocative photos of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll just end up there. Yeah, I'm you're like, where, where is that, New Zealand? Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Rick, within a short period of time, you were appointed by Mayor Lou Murphy, as a vice chairman of the Tucson Film Commission, and I wonder, you know, okay, how did you get this so quickly? Uh, and the, under the old Tucson Studios founder, Bob Shelton, and he remains the youngest member ever appointed to the commission,
1: I believe. Right. Back then, the commission was, was a quasi-governmental thing made up of people that were actually in the industry, and we used our own money. There was very little city money involved to go out and try to bring productions in. This is during the heyday of old Tucson. Um, and it, it was... Uh, It was a great honor. I mean, I I, I was one of the few people in town actually doing production at that time, other than the TV stations. There was a guy named Mark Headley, Castle Films. But that was about the only guy doing this in town. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just seemed to me that there was a need here. So I took a job with uh, uh, KOLD, CBS affiliate here. Right. And worked there for about six months to kind of get a feel for what the town was about, who the players were, what, what the market was like. And even though it was one of those things that everybody told me it couldn't be done, I knew if somebody tells you something can't be done, I got to do it. Yeah, right. Hard-headed, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, good on you. Well, those uh, we're going to come back and touch on those days a little later because they must have been heady days in Tucson. I fun. often hear about how wonderful the film industry was here, what really went on. John Wayne's, you know, one of my favorites, uh, one of his hangouts and lots of other big names as well. Yep. Devin, let's go to you. Yeah, You absolutely. know, the, 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 the exciting and happy subject of banking.
3: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Every day. Every
0: day. <laughs> the Great Western Bank. Who are they? Tell me about them.
3: So Great Western Bank, I mean, we're, we're a, a regional bank uh, based out of South Dakota. Uh, we've been around for a little over 80 years now with a very um, laid back kind of vibe. Right, as we understand, is that people come first amongst you know amongst anything, and what that does is going to mm-hmm. um, allow us to you know maintain what you want as a customer, as a person. Right. right? You know, as business is always going to be there. So
0: very but, much one to one.
3: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, okay. and you know we always stay resourceful, make sure that you can get a hold of who you need to get a hold of. Right. Right. You know, what you a do, concept. Well, you're right. Yeah, you deal with people. <laughs> you know, there's buildings and you know artificial intelligence all that everywhere, but people are what run this place, right? Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I think it, I think it goes back to when you know you were at college and so on i mean you accepted a football scholarship to arizona western college but more recently receiving a degree from grand canyon university yep. with a bachelor of science in business management so that set you on your way absolutely and you previously worked in sports medicine before transitioning into banking as a teller in the very very beginning what no future in sports medicine
3: you know it's you got to be very very specific and and it's a. Uh, I would have loved to be you know part of a, a you know the Golden State Warriors, Phoenix Suns, something to that effect, you be on their staff. But that's a long road to get to. Yeah. Maybe not the Suns. <laughs> <Just Yeah. laughs> not, not the gig might be available. Just if you, if you, you know, hey, on. if I ever want to change, you know, I guess that's where I would look at, right?
0: Right. So what was the goal when you started as a lead teller to strive for a manager's position?
3: You know, and, and my old supervisors, and even now, is they hate that considering the fact that I really didn't have a goal. Right. For the most part, I kind of just kept working on um, what I had in front of me. And as long as I was good at it and I liked and enjoyed what I was doing, I was going to take that road. So more than anything is, you know, you put it on my plate and I'm going to take off with it and, you know, see where it lands me. That's a way. Yeah,
0: that's a way. It's a good attitude to have. Don't forget, we have a lot of aspiring young people also listen to our show and uh, they take a lot of hints and advice, you know, from our guests. A lot of them have done it the hard way. Yeah. So that's the only way, you know, to actually do it. Um, You held positions such as a lead teller, Mm -hmm. then a personal banker, uh, an assistant manager before making the bank manager. Yep. Married with a couple of kids. Uh, Do you have thoughts, your thoughts regarding success, how to get to success?
3: Um, In all honesty, failing. And that sounds really bad. But, you know, is you don't know how successful you will be until you step outside your box
1: right outside the compass You must be very successful in you,
3: you <laughs> know I, I I've taken my hits I've taken my blows but you know what what did they say that the best uh, the best comeback has come from you know failing or losing what you had you know and mm-hmm. so to me it's it's a it's a big deal to fail you know as long as you learn from it and you grow from it so failing isn't always necessarily a negative thing to me. It's, right. you know, it's a place of growth. It allows you to kind of move forward with what you want to do next. Right. So it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, you believe that strong relationships that have longevity are the foundation to the development of the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that be fair to say?
3: Absolutely. Um, I have a, uh, a some unintentional mentors, and, and with that, what's become of it is that you learn so much about it. And being able to have those relationships... I, a, a casual conversation turns into a lesson. You know, I don't have to schedule a time like a doctor and say, hey, I need to speak about something. We'll go and you know, we'll go to dinner, have a barbecue and, you know, start chatting things up and you start to kind of develop, you know, some thought processes and they open your eyes from a different perspective. So I think that that allows me and anybody for that matter to kind of, you know, reach out and see what you can learn from anybody that you come across.
0: Okay. Now, the Great Western Bank, uh, it's a regional financial services company yep. uh, focused on business and agri-business banking, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not angry, but agri, <laughs> uh, but sometimes my pronunciations as an Aussie can be misconstrued. That's well, all right. How is the firm doing these days? Are you ahead of the game?
3: Absolutely. You know, And, and um, especially being in Tucson, is our, our, our goal has been to be literally in the mix of everything. So anything from new construction to hospitality to um, new business development, whatever whatever it is, we want to kind of dabble in it because, you know, kind of as I said before, as you start to learn things and you learn what people want and need. Plus, it gives us a vision of where Tucson is going to be and what we what Tucson needs in general so then we can kind of help guide and, and build that structure of how Tucson grows.
0: All right, we're going to come back on that because there's some exciting things that you are doing. But I love the way your, uh, the way your firm thinks in relation to doing business, which mm-hmm. is a little different from a lot of banks out there. Uh, this fella, he doesn't think at all, Dan Gibson. Uh, he, it just <laughs> happens often. for him. It's you know? all, it's
2: all, it's all knack. It's just, just you know, ad lib. He the does. Gut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who is, <that> <laughs> he's, he
0: is he's got a great job. I love his job as the director of communications for Visit Tucson, primarily overseeing domestic culinary and local media efforts. Correct? That's true.
2: That's got me that got me here, at very least local, you know, media yeah. efforts I made it, made it to the show.
0: So share with us Dan, what a day <laughs> may uh, look like in the world of Dan Gibson. <laughs> I mean on paper it looks terrific.
2: Um yeah, sure. No, no, it can it can be. No, it, it's an interesting job. I mean, I came from journalism and so you know, the sort of great nightmare of leaving journalism, I think, for most journalists is this idea that you're going to end up in PR and that you're going to be like uh, writing a press release for gum or something. You know, it's a <laughs> most <laughs> transcendent gum ever, uh, you know, uh, new flavors, things like that. So uh, when the opportunity came up uh, to work and visit Tucson and, and to really tell a story about Tucson, uh, which was sort of what I was doing before, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just a it's a great opportunity to to talk about people who are doing interesting things in this town, not under, unlike you here, uh, Mark, you know. It's like to find people whose work deserves to be amplified, uh, to try to share that with uh, media, with travel journalists, food journalists. Yeah, great. Meetings, journalists, whatever it is. So, That's
0: a good thing because, you know, uh, um, I mean, you're part of the whole new movement of, you know, who is Tucson, where the heck are we, and yeah. why should we even come here? You know yeah. what I mean? It's 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 on. Your role, we did touch on this before, the mm-hmm. position was editor of the Tucson Weekly paper. It's true, uh, paper. I did do that, yeah. I was a digital um,
2: editor before that. Yeah.
0: How, how, how did you try to convey? What was your biggest uh, challenge there, would you think, when you were doing that role?
2: At the Weekly? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I, I think, you know, just the media landscape changing so much was what was sort of problematic about it. I think, you know, it was funny because i talked to people and they're like, oh, man, I really miss the golden age of the Weekly. And I was like, I <laughs> would have enjoyed being the editor then, too, you know, <laughs> uh, because it was just, you're, everyone's trying to figure out that space of, how do we create content and not and balance it against an ad landscape where people just don't want to buy ads? You know, mm-hmm. uh, people look at a print ad and they're like, well, I could I could buy my my nephew can help me buy Facebook ads, you know, <laughs> or or fill in the blank, right? Or I, I bought a Google Google display ad. So people don't necessarily feel like those print ads are compelling. And so it's like, how do you still put out a paper that people want to read? But also balance that against the sort yeah. of challenges of selling ads
0: well, today. Well,
2: uh, <laughs> it's a common anybody in media always just like you start talking about that stuff. Like, well, how is this working now? And people like, just start you <laughs> can see like the sort of color leave their face. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> a on a daily basis, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, so that's, ads that's still well. Let's, let's make it let's make it easier for you. Yeah,
0: you're a music journalist for God's sake for Apple Music. I did do that. Yeah. I, what I, do you know about music? <laughs> uh,
2: great question. Uh, yeah, hard to say. Um, No, I mean, I worked in record stores here in town for a long time. I uh, was not so smart about how I did college, if you want uh, lessons on mistakes and, and failing uh, I dropped out of school to work mm-hmm. in the music business. I had a really good knack for this. Like, I went to work in uh, for Warner Music Group in 2000 or 2000, right? It's like Napster and all these things were hitting. <laughs> so you know, it's like you're watching the business crumble. Like, right. so then I moved to music journalism, uh, where you're watching the business crumble around you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but PR seems solid. Tourism still good. I, Gee, don't move into production. Yeah, I know, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I do have that uh, touch. We we're, we're work with the film Tucson is in our building as well. So I, right. I already, if I'm ruining film in Tucson, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, you might end. Up, there's, there's hope for you yet. Remember the fellow that uh, that uh, he dropped out too, but it was a, a British, a uni, and and he sold records and ended up owning an airline.
2: Right? right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, could, could work for anybody. No, I mean it was excited. <laughs> it was a great experience working in Apple. Uh, you know, I made playlists for a living, so essentially was writing like mixtapes. Which you know, when I was in high school, I was trying to impress girls with that, which wasn't working. Right. And, <laughs> and Apple Music was great, so they're like, oh, hey, we want to make a playlist. It's like, what? what people would listen to at a tailgate for a NASCAR event. Right. 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 <laughs> like, yeah, Very sure. Let's oddly do that. <laughs> oh, super specific. My favorite was a uh, soccer mom, chill out. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's a fun. thing. Yeah. Okay. So if you're in your van, you know, you picked up the kids from soccer practice. Right. You just want to, you know, just let the feelings happen for a little bit. Mm-hmm. There was a playlist for wow. that, and I made wow. it. So.
0: Well, there you go. Well, let's face it. There was one fellow, too. What, what's it called? Uh, Facebook, I think? Uh, <laughs> also trying
2: to pick up girls, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Right, you know. Well, uh, let's get to the food bit. You managed yeah. a bakery. That's pre- true. I did do that. Previously. Yeah. I mean, did you think there was any connection with your uh, culinary expertise later on in life, in no. your career? Zero. No, um, uh,
2: no I mean, I think, I think it's helpful in what I do now to understand... Uh, what it's like to work in a restaurant. I actually think like it's a pretty useful life skill in general right. to have worked at a restaurant. At yeah, some I think point. it is
0: too, yeah. <laughs> uh, it does
2: sort of put you at where the rubber meets the road of dealing with people yeah. and speed and getting things done. Uh, and so now so much of what we talk about is food. I mean, it just really is. When we talk about Tucson, you use the language of food. And so having that experience of like talking to a restaurateur and saying, hey, listen, like I get what you're doing here. I, I just need to bring in a journalist for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I, you know, if you could stop by the table, like to sort of cont- make that connection between I think what's been really good for me and my sort of accidental career is having done a lot of things, uh, some successfully, some not so much, y- you know, is that...
0: But you've lived.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. still here. Uh, you you know, know, my son is graduating from high school this week, so like we got that that far.
0: Very good. Um, so win. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
2: far, so good. So, I mean, it's, it, having that context of when I talk to journalists, I know their language, right? I'm like, I get the pressures of it. I know how to frame a story. Working with uh, local businesses, I've done a lot of weird things. And so usually I can. Be like, oh yeah, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to wait for a delivery or to try to figure out what to sell that week or the product, things like that. So it's it, good. Accidental, wildly accidental. Success. Well,
0: talking on doing different things because I'm a great believer of people who have done things in their life. I mean, it, you go from one thing to another, but you learn something from each one. But a graphic designer, yeah, uh, for publications including California Tomato Grower.
2: Oh, it's scintillating. Yeah, you know, that's exciting <laughs> stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: And Mini Storage Messenger. Oh yeah, it's, there's
2: a <laughs> local printer in town, Sundance Press and Lord knows what they print now but at the time it was mostly trade publications and in this weird sort of connection I like deeply love trade publications because, <laughs> because they're so like weirdly niche that you know uh, you learn a lot about that particular industry right. and so we were printing Duck Decoy Monthly uh, there was one about a particular type of do- uh, Portuguese Water Dog Quarterly uh, but many stories <laughs> Messengers like what well, at the time was this like really thick publication and just super in depth about like states that where they require you to live on the property. So Mm -hmm. now that is something Mm -hmm. I know about many storage places is that in Arizona, you have to have someone live at the, at the mini storage place. And so there's like a little apartments attached to every mini storage place. Like that's that. right. Yes. You, you can look for the satellite dish. Usually that's there's like a little, like so that's TV it. Thing. Yeah. So that's not <laughs> useful in any, that piece of information is no good <laughs> well, oh, except well, for this conversation. He, here's the big
0: one. Here's the big one, yeah. folks A three time, not once, but three. a three time game show contestant and his trivia team can be found on Instagram at uh, sparkle motion information club. Is that right?
2: Yeah, this is absolutely the first time anybody's actually read that box. So, this is helpful. <laughs> Usually it never comes up, and I just like hand it to people. I'm like, mm-hmm. all of it's true. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was, I was, I had a run I, when I lived in Los Angeles as the music business was crumbling down around me. I was like, I'm going to become a semi professional game show contestant. And so I was going on shows, uh, Again, successfully and unsuccessfully, just trying to make enough money to live in Los Angeles, which
0: is um, <laughs> not easy. For the it's not it. a good,
2: none of that was well, a good plan. Well, give plan.
0: us an idea. What sort of game shows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not an idiot, but I mean, you're not, <laughs> a, right. you're not a Harvard professor either. No, neither, <laughs> neither. Uh, no, so
2: I was at, I was the first one I was on was uh, Rock and Roll Jeopardy, which VH1, the cable channel, oh, had cool. a knockoff. or It wasn't a knockoff, it was made by the people who made Jeopardy, but it was hosted by... Uh, uh, the guy who, ho- Jeff Probst, the guy who ho- ho- hosts Survivor. And all they right. only ca- asked questions, same show, except they only ask questions about music. And that I won. So that was nice, $15,000. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, and bill. in those <laughs> days. Yeah, right, exactly. My son was born the same month that aired. Oh, so was, so it was like it was all gone. So. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was on a show called The Chair, which is super forgettable. It was only on for four episodes. Uh, it got canceled before my episode aired, which was fine because I didn't win. But the idea was... Um, you sat in a chair, hence the title, and you were asked trivia questions by John McEnroe. And oh. they did like things to sort of elevate your heart rate to scare you oh, okay. while you were answering the trivia questions. And if your heart rate went over a certain mark, <laughs> then you lost your money. Good luck. And I was wow. like, I can answer these questions, but I like it was really dumb and they had you run to the stage. It was, like, the whole premise was bad. <laughs> it sounds like they were trying to kill you. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah they did does, throw doesn't. roaches on me. Oh, my. Uh, God. And then I flicked one of the roaches away, and then this is the most elegant. Well, this is story. why I
0: had a survivor, then. Right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I flicked
2: one of the roaches, and the... Like the animal guy is like, you can't do that to the roaches. The union roach. Yeah, How it was a union me. roach. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I what? No, you threw roaches at me. So uh, I said some terribly mean things about John McEnroe and kind of hurt his feelings. And oh. that was the only thing I got on that show. Before. Well, you I get... live over the net and beat you with the... oh, a <laughs>
0: hat. Yeah, I know. Oh, he's,
2: he's like it was so funny because he's like, that's not fair. And I'm like, <laughs> I was realizing I wasn't going to win any money yeah, at this right. point. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: you ought to talk stuff. Might yeah. as well you have right fun with Yeah, I yeah it.
2: exactly. <laughs> I got an autographed tennis ball out of it and uh, a lunch i think it was
0: a lunch there you go better than a kick in the teeth let's face it
2: it it wasn't that great of a lunch (laughs) well
0: Devin brown you're headquartered in sioux falls south dakota this bank you work for Uh, why in sioux falls south dakota of all places is that where it started or
3: yeah yeah yes and no i mean in in sioux falls it's just kind of i mean and and bear with me i've been i've been here two years so i'm still learning the history as we go along okay and, and it's always a good history to find out but i mean it's it's a nice good I guess, homey feel is what it is. Okay, so, so okay. Staying, you know, not not to bag, bag on any of these other institutions, but it's a very good personable culture that we've developed. And Sioux Falls was just where, you know, it kind of niched and it worked out. And so slowly spreading, slowly spreading out from there. And it seemed to work really well, mm-hmm. apparently. So, I mean, all the way out here in Tucson, it's been, you know, we've we've been out here for, I want to say 10 and 12 years now. And it's, you know, it's been a really decent run.
0: Well, you're doing well, that idea of being uh, family-oriented and one-on-one, mm-hmm. customer-focused culture. Uh, mm-hmm. It's usually associated with smaller banks. Yes. But uh, you rank sixth largest uh, in the U.S. for farm lending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had a good run with that, do you think? I mean...
3: Yeah, you know, and, and if that goes back to our, our kind of our, our thought process, right? So if you think about farmers and ranchers, you know, you're up early, you got to take care of your crops and your goods, and you can't rush things, right? You rush them, you get bad products. You get bad products. Your clients fall because they don't like what you're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. So we kind of do the same thing. We make sure that you know we things are done on time. They're done efficiently, and you get what you what you're expecting out of it. You know we're not we're not just going to be order takers. You know we're professionals, and we want to make sure we give you what's best for you. Right. I mean, for instance, we even we've even thrown some satellite offices, if you will, out in Yuma. You know, my old stomping grounds, Arizona Western College, out there, right, mm-hmm. surrounded by farmland. Right. So a very good place to be where you where you have a a successful agricultural company or agricultural institution, you know, that's a very good spot to get into. And they have been nonstop since we put them out there. So, you know, we took a chance and threw a couple guys out there and it's been great ever since.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, 170 banking branches across nine states and growing and growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say your mission
3: is Um, to bring back that customer service? You know, some places you think is you think of like artificial intelligence and how ATMs are popping up everywhere. You know that's great and all for convenience wise, but you still need people to run an organization. You still need people to understand what you're trying to do. You can go to the ATM and and cry your heart out and tell them what your dreams and ambitions are. It's not going to tell you anything after that.
0: Right. Um, do you want a receipt? <laughs> you, you know what my biggest test would be? If I was to ring your bank with yeah. all of so far you've sold me, all right? Okay. I would want to bank with you on everything I've heard. Okay. But if I rang up and tried to ring that bank and went through 77 turnoffs or which you go to for something else or something mm-hmm. else, without talking to somebody live, mm-hmm. I think I'd give up straight away. You know. It's driving people nuts.
3: It is. It is. And you know what? And, and what's funny is I do these experiments when, you know, if I do presentations, I go and have meetings with boards or what have you, things of that nature is I'll ask somebody, hey, you know, who's your banker? 90% of them will say bank of whomever, right? They don't give me a person's name, Mine. right? Right? Well, sometimes I kind of sneak in some of my own little spies in there, and I'll say, <laughs> hey, you know, you call your banker right now, and my phone will ring. Now, mind you, that's my personal cell phone, and that's how our team operates is – I am supposed to be out and about trying to figure out how to make this city, how to make this community continue to be prosperous. If I'm not in the office, it doesn't mean you can't get a hold of me.
0: Well, you know? that, not today anyway. Right? Yeah. <laughs> phones, well, you know. I mean, he's yeah. ready, he's ready. I'm, oh, I'm trying to behave
3: and you know <laughs> leave it aside right now. He's been now, checking but. his phone. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: phones all off before we record. A
3: resource, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we uh, want to uh, be a resort a re, uh, a resource too. So that's to what customer
0: experience is. I mean, you know, someone mm-hmm. says, "You what is Customer experience.
3: Absolutely. It's a, a customer experience is how, how I see it and how a lot of people see it is going above and beyond. You know, you come in, you say, Hey, I want to open up a checking account. That's great. Our conversation is going to open up some other ideas mm-hmm. and some things that may have kind of left your brain for the moment, but I might spark that fire one last time and kind of strategically put you in a place that's gonna better yourself. So not just saying, Okay, I'm gonna go A, B, and C. But I'm going to check out the rest of it and see what else I can do for you just to make sure that I haven't left anything out.
0: Right. Yeah. And what do you think of the uh, pluses and minuses of the digital area uh, era taking over banking?
3: You know, I th- I, that, that's tough because I am considered, quote unquote, a millennial. Uh, I I don't like that that
0: yeah I know brand. the spoiled mob yes right? I understand yeah but you know you want you want everything today you know yeah
3: right yeah it's that entitlement <laughs> feel you know I I did it you know but the fact of the matter is, is 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 I think there has to be a nice little melding of the two yeah. right is having the availability to you know go on your phone and buy a car buy stocks foreign exchange trading transfer money pay your friends whatever is great but at the same time is is that's all gonna falter at some point, right? There's gonna be digital glitches, there's gonna be issues with technology. The fact of the matter is you still have to have something on the side to be able to still run and do what you
1: need to do. And I right. it's basically a person-to-person business. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It all starts. Absolutely. absolutely. And
2: if I buy something on my, I mean there's certainly transactions on my phone that are great, right. but, if you don't, that assumes you know what what's happening too, mm-hmm. right, yeah. like there's no transaction, like, oh, I, I, this loan is a good idea, or this uh, right. borrowing money this way, or uh, these investments, I, I, that mm-hmm. assumes that I have all the pieces of information, which I don't, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's
3: one of those things where it's like, you do go online, and, and there's 15 questions that, that you're looking at that are generalizing what you want to do. For instance, I went to remortgage my home, and a gentleman called me from Michigan, and I'm thinking,
2: yeah, you know, what, do you, <laughs> what
3: do you know about Arizona? You may be licensed in Arizona to right. do what I'm asking, but right. what do you actually know about the housing market and what's going on in Arizona? Mm-hmm. That didn't
0: make me real comfortable. No, because you feed down on the ground. So right. Week. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. to
3: mention it, you know, depending on your house, is uh, I'm signing a, on a dotted line with someone I've never met face-to-face mm-hmm. um, for hundreds
2: of thousands of dollars. You know, that's, well, that's, really yeah. Not,
3: yeah. that's really not something I want to do, you know.
2: I know. Yeah, the computer's never going to tell you maybe, did you think about this yeah. in the way, I mean, or like, you know, decline. <laughs> to sell you something right absolutely yeah exactly yeah exactly just a heads up maybe you don't want to borrow this this way yeah, just because or... you can just because on paper
3: yeah it looks nice but there's other outside factors that you know cannot be discussed over you know through the internet
0: right yeah fair enough um good fellows good show we're listening to tucson means business on the business radio x the tucson business radio x network here in tucson arizona and uh, proudly sponsored by the way by the um, 49ers Golf and Country Club uh, right here in beautiful Tucson which is now a gorgeous course it's come back from the dead believe me and it is beautiful along with the whole new buildings out there for being able to have weddings functions all sorts of things Uh, officially sponsoring this show Tucson Means Business uh, starting next week but we thought we'd give them a plug today to say thank you so much for coming on board with us and we do appreciate it and of course we're broadcasting live. Uh, we do live stream and of course our focus is all on podcasting and uh, we do uh, broadcast out of the Stuart Title building. This is where our studio is uh, on Broadway. No, not that Broadway, but the one in Tucson, but <laughs> we might get there one day. Speaking of Broadway, Richard Rose your film and television credits literally fill three pages, which I'm not going to try and do now. Uh, thank God we don't have time. But let's have a look at some highlights in which include, and I wouldn't be surprised if these guys, maybe not the millennial.
4: Uh, <laughs> probably <doesn't remember> <laughs>
0: <that>. <laughs> The Global Arena, a film on the Lake Placid Olympic Games. Yep. Tell us a little bit about what the message was.
1: Well, the, uh, the Lake Placid Olympics was really the first uh, uh, Winter Olympics to be broadcast live worldwide and at and was very heavily involved in technology at that time, mm. uh, broadcasting from the top of Whiteface Mountain, uh, and I had originally signed up with the Lake Placid organizing committee to do footage, official footage for them. Uh, after a couple of days, the people from at and the producer, saw some of the stuff I had done and, and uh, actually dragged me off my assignment and, <laughs> and had me for the next three weeks uh, doing footage of how the, uh, how the games were put together, um, the communication Problems that they ran into, how they came up with solutions, because it was their venues separated by 20, 30 miles sometimes. Uh, trying to get signals in the snow and ice up to the top of Whiteface Mountain. To get wow, to some challenges up. there. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty interesting thing. The film actually won the silver medal at the New York International Film Festival.
0: Apparently so. Oh, congrats on to that you, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Talk about tourism, <laughs> eh? <hey. laughs> <laughs> homemade Tucson. <laughs> yeah, really. What about How Strong is the Wind? That was a documentary, uh, the definitive uh, documentary work on the Wright Brothers. Yep. Uh, and The Human Experiment, the story of the visionary... Uh, Biosphere 2 project.
1: I've been pretty lucky. Uh, One of these days I want to write a book called Backstage at the World because, you know, through my career I've had an opportunity to do some really, really unusual things. Um, The Biosphere project, I met my my wife on that actually. Oh, really? Um, She was the artist that did all the renderings. Oh, wow. Um, And uh, we did several films. I was the official filmmaker for the Biosphere. They would not just let anybody on there uh, to shoot. They they had to go through the the Biosphere office and, and then... They, the drops would be in touch with them. Uh, so that was, that was a very cool assignment. And how strong was the wind? Uh, Boeing actually is still using that to train their first-year aeronautical engineers. It was wow. a, a wow. film not so much about the history of the Wright brothers, but how they accomplished what they did. Um, right? They, they're
0: You're pretty amazing, isn't it?
1: Oh, it, it's an amazing story. They didn't they only did what they did, but they, had, they found the errors in other people's work that, that uh, everybody else was working off of yeah. and changed the whole dynamic of the way people were... We're building things.
0: I'm pretty sure most of you guys would recommend, uh, would uh, recommend, would um, know uh, some of these I'm going to mention that uh, Richard also worked on, like the Three Amigos. Oh, yeah. 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 The Law at uh, Rendado. Oh. Rendado, yeah. Rendado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Glenn Cellar. Glenn Ford. Okay. The Cellar and The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Remember that one? The Young Riders. Yep. Desperado, oh, yeah. Portrait of America, Little House on the Prairie. Well, speaking of that, yep. wasn't um, uh, the young actor, Mike he, wasn't he pretty well associated with Tucson? Oh, or? yeah.
1: Michael was great. We did a lot of work with him. Uh, he, uh, he came down and started a uh, celebrity tennis tournament, as a matter of fact. The oh, is that what time. it was? Right. Okay. And he really loved Tucson. Um, matter of fact, uh, he was down here the week he discovered he was ill. Um, we were working together on some stuff. And uh, he was a very, very nice man. Loved Tucson. Uh, and you know he, he, uh, he's greatly missed because he, he brought a lot to the town. Well, there you
0: go. I, I thought he was great because I grew up with that, yeah. and, uh, and there you go. Now I end up living in the place where he used to frequent all the time. Right. <laughs> he was very popular, and the show was very popular in Australia. Huge ratings. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah, my word. Now let's see if we, uh, we can make you blush a little. Oh. In, in 2011, uh, you were chosen as the Advertising Federation's Advertising's Person of the Year.
1: Yeah, I think they finally got down to the R's.
0: You know, and in 2014, he was given the silver medal. Uh, In 2016, he was inducted into the Advertising Federation's Hall of Fame. Which is a sure clue that my career is over. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All of this in the USA. Good on you, mate. What's your golf handicap these days, by the way? I'm sorry? What's your golf handicap? (laughs) Oh, my golf handicap. Well, you know, I, I think it's down to about a 14 right now. There you go. Not yeah. too bad, huh? No, and
1: by the way, 49ers is a wonderful course. I'm in <laughs> there tomorrow. It is. Hey,
0: there you go. It Same. is. It's, uh, the restaurant out there is the Rincon Grill. People enjoy that. And, of course, there's lots of other beautiful rooms to hold. Uh, uh, weddings, um, you know, showers, uh, birthday parties. And they have the bingo. I mean, they're, they're packing them out there now. 200 a night or something. Casey is uh, comparing uh, his bingo nights. Hard to <laughs> to park People love that.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm looking for a bingo place. Place. and so oh there yeah, you go yeah 49ers
0: 49ers on a I, on Tuesday or it's gone to Thursday I'm not sure we'll double check on you might that. not stay
2: a whole weekend the whole stuff thing. It's, yeah, <laughs> near my house I'm here for it
0: uh, Dan I gotta know why is later tourism later. important to Tucson and to Arizona overall
2: well, you know, a really good question. Um, so, I mean, the main thing is that it's such a huge industry. I think people assume that, uh, that tourism just sort of naturally happens, you know, and, and there are elements, obviously, like Tucson's a gorgeous place with a lot of assets. But, you know, there is this constant uh, need to sort of remind people that things are happening here. We don't functionally have a problem getting people to come back to Tucson. When we do visitor surveys, 80% of people say they are actively making plans to come back. But the problem is, is that people can go anywhere. You know, you have this uh, infinite amount of choices, even more so all the time. You know, if you live in New York, uh, the price of a ticket to come to Tucson is not all that much different than a price of a ticket to go to Paris. If you live in uh, San Francisco or Los Angeles, uh, tickets to Japan or Seoul or, you know, I mean, there are different places with wildly different. Uh, appeals and and uh, reasons to go, but in the end, you know it's when it, when you look at the numbers of the economic impact of tourism. If you live in Pima County, uh, $500 of your taxes are paid every citizen of, of Pima County through tourism, through the direct impact of, of the taxation of uh, tourism products. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it, 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 there's a real benefit there that means something There's Oh yeah. You know, there's uh 200, it's $235 billion of direct travel spending within Pima County.
0: 235 billion. Yeah. Wow. wow.
2: Yeah. And so it's a sort of weird secret business, right? Because you don't <laughs> see it. You see it at the hotels and you think of the hotel business, but right. you also, there's, you know, people going to restaurants when you, when you're at the, during the Gem Show, when we were at ninety-eight percent occupancy of hotels, you know those people are buying things in stores. Uh, the Target is busier. The restaurants are clearly busier. You're trying mm-hmm. to get a seat at a restaurant. <laughs> the roads and, are busier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the roads are busier. You know, and, and there's just all these like ancillary things. There are, you know, six point five million visitors. It's uh, seven hundred fifty-six million dollars in in salaries paid to people in tourism in Pima County. And so that money just keeps rolling around
0: There's a lot of jobs in the industry.
2: And you're not necessarily, I mean, you are building things, but it doesn't have the same, uh, the same sort of economic needs that, you know, like, hey, uh, company X is moving here, which I'm totally for as well. Mm. But, you know, you're having to build roads for those for to get to the place and Mm -hmm. the infrastructure and all these things, Mm -hmm. all that stuff a positive, too. But by and large. Tourist plus one doesn't cost the city all that much, but it has the benefit that just keeps, you know, keeps
0: rolling. Well, I was going to ask you, how are the effects of tourism tracked in the first place?
2: Uh, yeah, the, the main thing is this is where it gets super wonky. So uh, my apologies if you want to, like, look at something on your phone while I'm explaining this part. It's totally fine. No, no. The main number is this thing called RevPar. It's revenue per available room. So the idea is that there's a hotel room. Uh, let's say the uh, Doubletree right down the street. They have so many rooms, how much money, how much money is each room making per night? Now, whether that room is full, whether you gave it away at half price, whether you paid twice what they were supposed to, that's the main number. And so, you know, since 2012, uh, which is, you know, the beginning of coming out of the recession for Tucson, uh, we've had a 66% increase in that revenue per available room. Mm -hmm. So in the first quarter of 2019, uh ref par went up seven and seven point one percent over uh, the previous uh, the first, first quarter of twenty eighteen to one hundred and nine dollars, essentially one hundred and nine dollars per room per night, hmm. is what those rooms made January, February, March of this year. Right. So, I mean, that's the main thing you're looking at is like how can you right. Based how can you push on the that idea? Right. Uh, if you can move occupancy by lowering rate, right? Like if if you make all the hotel rooms twenty five dollars, you'll be sold out. Sure. Uh, if you you can raise rate and lower occupancy, just this basic sort of supply and demand stuff. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find that happy medium of we're filling enough rooms at the highest possible price. And that's what you're looking at at ref It feels counterintuitive because you're like, well, it's good for rooms to be cheap, but mm-hmm. they, it's not good because that's not bringing in, no, uh, the revenue, basically.
0: Now let me ask you this, then. Sure. D- do you agree with, uh, or do you see the need for all these new hotels that are being propagated for the for the area, and and all these, you know?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it. In what I do personally, it's super helpful because everyone always asks, "What's new?" Right? Every journalist is like, "So what's <laughs> new? What's new in Tucson? What's new?" in you know, like, you're like, "Well." We're not a town that does new all that quickly uh, where we're, we move yeah. a little slower on that path. Uh, but when you just saw even just last year, year before, when the AC Marriott opened uh, downtown, mm-hmm. it fundamentally changed downtown in that way. You bring more people to the space and more people are spending. The, the AC Marriott outperforms sometimes uh, on a room rate the... Uh, it outperforms JW Marriott Star Pass in its same class. You'll, so having something new in the right space makes a big difference. You're seeing so much in our peak season, which is, you know, middle of January through April. Mm-hmm. We're seeing such increases. There's going to be a probably a flattening of the tourism business globally at some point. It's sort of inevitable. It goes in waves. But we still have a lot of space to take on more rooms and for what you know a lot of organization does with uh, group sales with conventions with these sort of large-scale things when we're busy we could absolutely use more rooms Uh, there were sort of uh, basic hotels that were getting $600 a night during the gym show. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm. I mean, like. Well, that's the biggest puller, isn't it? Oh, for sure. But now we've got these other sporting menus going on as well.
2: Yeah, it's made a big difference. I mean, you traditionally, Tucsonans, I think, you know, you talk to them all the time and they're like, so, you know, spring training, huh? And you're like, (laughs) yes, that was a thing. It is not anymore. No, right. Uh, But you've seen a lot of, like, Major sporting events replacing that. Uh, the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl has done wonders for a really soft part of tourism. Mm-hmm. The end of December, the beginning of January. Right. People, you think that it's a really great time for tourism, but there are no, there's no business business. There's no, no group business. So having those rooms filled with, uh, with. Bowl, uh, players for the bowl. There are the bands, the fans. Yeah, that. the
0: fans that come all over the place. And now, of course, the knuckle dusters, uh, the skull, what are they called? <laughs>
2: <laughs> sugar, sugar skulls. Yeah. It, the sugar skulls, yes. It, yes. it brings, it just keep, continues to bring in more people. Right. So uh-huh. the one that people rarely know about, which is this, you know, I think it's 12,000 rooms, uh, Tucson Invitational Games, which is a uh, a series of tournaments and uh, preseason exhibition games for colleges, small Colleges and universities, uh, mostly lower ends of NCAA and NAIA teams who come baseball and softball teams that come from around the country because the weather is terrible. Uh, a lot of places in everywhere else, uh, yeah, everywhere else, yeah. they're looking for fields, right? And it's you know, it's 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 15,000 plus rooms uh, uh, filled with. Th- Beloit College in Wisconsin, their softball team. Uh, they just play schools that you're sometimes like, that is a school. <laughs> that is absolutely a school that exists. see uh, yeah, if it, it's
1: university. It's somewhere.
2: Uh, but they're playing at you Keno Sports Complex, which is expanding uh, Lincoln Park uh, uh, Golf Links Complex. So Don't
1: forget about the, the, the uh, bicycle.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, tour uh, to well, Tucson, which thing. is going yeah, through its sort of that. revitalization, yeah. and yep. it's on for this year. Just if anybody's questioned whether the right. tour is happening, it is happening. So schedule your your shopping trips around. Uh, you know, yeah, around exactly. If it, great event, <laughs> I I rode in that once and may never again. house But so it's all these sort of like Tucson is very good at these maybe like more uh, reasonably sized micro events. It ha- lacks the splash of spring training but things like major league soccer, preseason has been there. Right. We're doing exceptionally well with sports. We have, you know, we have an office, uh, two people in that department in Tucson do only think about that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of funny how these things all come together. Group sales is obviously a big deal. What we're doing in film is, you know, uh, same thing, right? You think of sports in the way you're like, "Man, I miss the big thing." And in film, yeah. you miss the film incentives and the and the large-scale film, but you still people are plugging away with uh, netflix shows right, and stuff entertainment. Going on right now
1: yeah the, the, big yeah, stuff the independent stuff's in the going series on series yeah. yeah it started with petrocelli i think it was yeah. yeah i mean this town was for a long time a hub for for ongoing television shows but now the vi- the, the business has changed so much the equipment's gotten so much smaller crews the right. market's gotten so much broader it, it's really it's changed the industry so it's how, a shift
0: how, how can them bank i mean Devin, you know uh the Great Western Bank is more for agribusiness and all the rest of it. But you, you also want all sorts of business, don't you?
3: Oh, yeah. No, and, and I have a, a nice little team that that they kind of have their own little niche. So what's how, fun? Well,
0: how would you tap into all of this that we're talking about? Tourism, people coming, visitors. Is, is, do, I mean, you you've in so many states, but you mm-hmm. can transact business across the lines.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, and that's just staying well-informed within, uh, within the tourism Altogether. together. So for instance, like getting into the hospitality business is, you know, all these people run in the same circles, right? So we want to stay kind of relevant and in the eye, if you will, of those people who are looking to um, build on that tourism or benefit from it you know sure. so you know when when the Sugar Skulls you know developed and, and started their season mm-hmm. you know I wanted to uh, we all wanted to be right there in the mix of it all you know right. whether whether it was you know running concession stands or <laughs> you know tailgating whatever whatever it was
0: <laughs> whatever you know? it took yeah, anything, well I tell anything. you what out at the 49ers we run so many Casey and his team are flat out all year with corporations having their golf days yeah. mm-hmm. their fun days oh yeah right because they love that particular size of the course and it's mm-hmm. all the facilities are there the amenities are there. Well, you know, so I'm, Great Western Bank should be sponsoring something out
3: there. Oh, yeah. almost
4: a
0: of grass off there. Right. Yeah, the, exactly.
3: The only downside is that I am a horrible golfer. So,
0: you know, it doesn't matter. I'm a very normal athlete you know, I can do just
3: about anything. You know, you catch me out at Top Golf having a blast, doing just great. But when I got to pinpoint that, no, that's not.
0: <laughs> Come on, we're going to play golf. some real golf. i kept here, away you know from, the, man, from the actual toy Not toy golf. Like that, in banking, it might be really better to golf. be bad
3: at it. <laughs> right? Right. You know, it's like, oh man, you guys are killing me. All right. And they feel bad and they want to continue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely.
0: Golf. You play army golf, you know, that's not too bad. You haven't got too far to go with the 49ers either side. What does Tucson's growth mean overall then to the Great Western Bank?
3: Um, it, it puts us, you know, is, so my, for instance, my office is just north of campus, university campus, right? So we're, we're five minutes from just about anything, you know? So the growth of Tucson makes us more of an opportunity to, to help you with that growth. So when your small businesses want to become big businesses, your big businesses want to expand, you know, we, we, we want being in the mix of that and being for that, it, it helps us grow. You know, so it's it's the the left hand helping the right hand. You know, you're not going to do it yourself. You know, the, if, whether you got cash flow capital that's going to allow mm-hmm. you to do so, or you, you don't and you're short on it, but you have asset wise. You know, right. is is the 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 entrepreneurship and the the growth that the business owners and that the community all in general have mm-hmm. and want to have. You know, Great Western Bank is 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 loves that. You know that we we will fund. Just about anything you want. We want to see Tucson. really.
4: <laughs> I said just about, just right about.
3: Yeah, no, you know, and that's the thing is, is community comes first, All right. right? You can't build a bigger enterprise without starting with something smaller.
0: How do you come up against the community banks? I mean, the the, the larger um, banks. You no, know, the um. Come on, I got a mental block for a second. <laughs> not, they're not the banks. They're the. the Credit, union? credit, credit unions. Thank you. The credit unions.
3: You know, it's credit unions are a whole different thing. Well, I shouldn't say not own. the banks. They
0: are banks, but you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> yeah, right? In yeah. theory, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, and, and that's the thing is 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 each each person, each business owner, each each human has their own different needs and wants. Right. You know, I've had people ask me, what's the difference between you and a credit union? And I said, Well, what does it mean to you? What does a credit union do for you? Oh well they you know they hold my, my money. My direct deposit goes in there from work, my car loan is well, so does Great Western Bank. Mm. You know, we have bank accounts, we have car loans, we have auto loans, we have mortgage loans. It's, it's just a matter of what you need for you. But i got
0: to ask you this one, though, right? Because this was what they seem to push or stands to me. Your money stays here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even seen a particular ad lately I thought really got to the throat. I mean, it's like saying, you know, it's a war on out there to a degree. <laughs> and this thing was saying, you know, hey, guess what? You give them your money. They've got your money. That's everybody else. But, you know, they own you. But guess what? With us, you own us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does the money stay here? Where does it go? Does it go off to some fat guy with a cigar in a room in New York? No. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. And it's, it's give and
3: take with one of those things, you know, for us to give in any institution to give back to the people, give back to, to the people who help us be successful is it has to be leveraged in some shape or form. So even in a credit union, the money you deposit is, is being held as an asset, if you will, or used to, to lend out for your mortgages, your auto loans, things of that nature. You know, and it's give and take. So for, say so you got $100,000 that you put in a money market account and it's earning interest. Well, where does that interest come from? That comes from fee income and other, other expenses, other accounts right. that are on the lending side, if you will. You know, and that's a small portion of it, you know, mm-hmm. but that's how you feed back and forth. So it's, it's just give and take, and it's hard to kind of pinpoint. There's a lot of variables that go into that.
0: Right. Well, you're, you know, you're determined to get out there and offer uh, just as much as anybody else is, aren't you?
3: Uh, you know, absolutely, and, and that's something that, that we pride ourselves on is being a small bank where you get your personal service, but we can do anything that anybody else can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: What about you, Richard? Can you do anything anybody else can do? <laughs>
1: sure. You know, I, I, in terms of production, I, I would have said no about 10 years ago, but now with computerized editing and things like that, yeah, I, probably as, yes.
0: Has it changed much, you know, in the industry production business?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been really, really fortunate. Uh, when I started out, there there really was no videotape or anything like that. Uh, and, and if you weren't doing something on television, there was no home video. There was, you know, no. there, there was really nothing. And, and how I stayed in business for those first 10 years, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> But uh, the, the business has really migrated in, in our favor over the over the uh, last decade or two. Uh, the internet has been a great boon for us. Before, if you weren't doing something on television or for yeah. theatrical, there was really no outlet for what you were doing. Now, I mean, God, you, you do something, you put it online, and, and, and within 24 hours, it's viral, and, and 10 yeah. million people have seen it. Right. You know, whereas if you did something on television, you'd have to wait till it aired one time, and. and
0: it, it's just Yeah, really, it makes me feel like when you look back at that, what you're saying, it's almost like we were in a time warp, wasn't it? It really is, yeah. We, we were so hand-fed and we had to wait, yep. had to wait, <laughs> right. and now it's like boom, press it a stream, button and everything you want right yeah, there, yeah. boom. You right. Know.
1: It, it's funny because I, I was telling somebody the other day, I have a whole head full of useless knowledge. Because, you know, we started out in film and, and, you know, I know all about film stocks and and filtration and lighting and all and the color temperature. And now you can probably, the the big thing is fixing it in post. You know, (laughs) you you can mess up on
2: location as long as you can fix it in editing. Right, right. But that gap is wider, too, between good and bad I, I, you yeah. know, like there used to be sort of like a middle ground of like, well, some people are doing really great video right. or film. And then most of this stuff is pretty good. Yep. And now there's, you know, like you can see it where the same thing of like the problem with media is where everyone thinks they can do it. The problem with right. video is that everyone thinks they can do right. it. Right. And you see like ostensibly professional companies like doing something on their phone and you're like, yes, you can, but, but that doesn't mean you should, you know, yeah, there yeah. really is that space of like right. the professional has an opportunity there.
0: What, what well, amazes me in that industry is when they have a low budget and the thing makes yeah. billions, yeah. Yeah. you know? I used to say that, that
1: you could give a monkey a typewriter, but it still couldn't, rape. right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we love animals. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest challenge do you think that you've had to face or have faced in your business? You know, I, cash flow really is, is the key to any business. Any I yards. know a bank that could help you out yeah, really.
1: <laughs> No, the problem is you have to pay them back.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. all um, that sort of There's that other half. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's the
3: part I'm
1: not so happy that,
0: with. Yeah. Um, no, fair enough.
1: Yeah, but but it's it's really, uh, cash flow has really been worth out. At. at the end of the year, you know, we got black ink, but but getting there can be pretty problematic because, mm-hmm. you know, the business is somewhat cyclical. And if somebody blows all their, wide, their budget at the end of the year, there's yeah. probably nothing coming in the first quarter. Right. And so, right. Uh, you know, there, there's still a lot of different uh, avenues we can pursue, but I would say that's the biggest challenge and keeping up with the technology. Um, you know, right now it, it's it's gotten pretty level, but, you know, 4K is coming up. We're already set up for 4K, but they're not broadcasting a whole lot of it yet. No. no. So, you know, it's just... But, the good thing is uh, that the equipment's gotten so much less expensive. We used to have to put a quarter of a million dollars into one editing room.
0: That's right. It, wow. it is a lot cheaper now, isn't it, to yeah. set up and so on. Oh, what yeah. about 5K? I'm not hearing or reading good things.
1: I, you know, I really, I'm really i not all that well-versed on 5K. Mm. I'm still trying to figure out 4K.
0: Yeah, fair enough, too. <laughs> By I'm the sure way, what, sure what is 4K? <laughs> <laughs> all right. um, you've been out it 50 years now, right? Any yeah. plans for retirement? You know what I'm trying to do is the, uh, the the four-day weekend and the three-day
1: work week. All right. I, I really enjoy what I do. My son uh, Paul is. I read over that
0: in a book somewhere. <laughs> yeah. The four-day work week and a three-day weekend. No,
1: other way does it exist? Other way oh, the other way <laughs> so around. The other way around. No, the other way around. work <laughs> <laughs> Well, my son Paul is, is taking a leadership role in the company, and he is a much better businessman than I am. I, I'm an old hippie, and you know, I'm all mush on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul really knows about business, and he's really really creative and very good at what he does. So you know, I'm trying to get out of his way and still have something to do with with my
4: life so (laughs) yeah
0: play so much golf right i i think you know in your world and what you've done and been involved with uh, it's like me i mean i retired uh, this stint in tucson now i live here six years but i I couldn't stay retired you know when you've been in the media i think most of your life it's very hard to do nothing and just play golf every day. It really is. And, and I like to give back, too, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I worked at the commercial station, I was doing a morning talk back. Okay. And, but I was working, you know, 14 hours a day. And that's something I found I couldn't take at my age now. No. So with this, this is my, I can do, I can have a weekend or three right. day if I want. and You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, and, I mean, you've really
1: got you to keep moving forward. Uh, you do. You I
0: know. think you do. And I think people that don't do anything and stop dead are the ones that fall dead, quite my frankly. My dad, yeah. you know, he retired, you know? From, Did he really? he
1: retired from life. At the same time. He lasted about 10 years and that was it. Well,
3: there
0: you go. My
1: grandfather's retired, I think, three times.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know how much yeah. talent when you hear about these shows where they can't get workers, this and that, and you think about all the guys that have retired mm-hmm. and the years of knowledge they have, yeah. Yeah. and no one wants them. Well, yeah. you know, they're too the old.
1: It's the same thing we're facing with the base. You know, we have people coming out of the base with incredible skills for this right, town, right. yeah, and and they have to go somewhere else. Uh, I mean, it's it's really changing now. Right, the, the, the chamber. Yes, the metro chamber. People, yeah, really, really working to to make sure that we don't get that brain drain anymore.
0: Yeah. Yep, they'd have to. So, in closing with you, Richard, what what would you say is the thing you're most proud of?
1: Oh, I'd have to say my kids. Yeah, really. Yeah, and the Good fact answer. that I've survived 50 <laughs> years in business. You know, um, yeah, I'm surprised that they turned out as well considering their parentage. Right. Um, but yeah. I now have,
0: you got three three children, right?
1: I have two sons and a stepson, yep.
0: Two sons and a stepson, okay. Yep. And, uh, and what are they doing? What's their individual lives?
1: Uh, well, Paul, as I said, is working with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son Derek is a high-end executive up uh, in Boise, Idaho, with a company called Aero Specialties. Travels to places I can't even spell. <laughs> 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 selling uh, ground support equipment for, for aircraft. Okay, And, and he's cool. doing very, very well for himself. And my, my son uh, stepson Tristan is a very bright kid. Uh, he's going to be a writer, I think.
0: Good, honey. And good, well, honey. Hell of a good cook, too. And do and, and, and you do things like whatever you do? Don't follow in your old man's footsteps. Will yeah, <laughs> no, no, do better than me, please. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Rose, he's the president, CEO of uh, Film Creations here in Tucson. Uh, been here since Methuselah and has done wonderful work. <laughs> Older and uh, how would you like people to find you, buddy? Is it still www.filmcreations.com? It is. That's the best way? Yep. All right. And what about all this Twitter and all the others? We don't worry about that. You know, uh, I, I'm probably <laughs> Tweet. Glad <laughs> First, underworld is not on Facebook or Twitter, but uh,
1: my, life, might be my life keeps. You're almost certainly it. better, off. and Paul yeah. Paul knows what they're. But Paul's up to speed on that.
0: That's fantastic. I'm, I'm a fossil.
3: He might be doing it without you even knowing at this oh, point. I know it, but I don't know what it is he's doing. So. Oh,
0: <laughs> Devin, I'd like to ask you, Devin Brown from the Great Western Bank. Why was it called the Great Western Bank?
3: You, you know is uh, the only thing I can come up with is that is that's where they really wanted to move. If you think about it, going to the Midwest, okay, know, moving out further west, right. you start kind of you get a different perspective. You start getting a different culture as you move mm-hmm. that way. Um, you know, everybody's got their own reason for their own name. So yeah, fair enough. Because there's a it's lot a in great a name bank
1: in the Southwest.
3: Right? There you go. There <laughs> you <laughs> go.
0: That's what it was. Progress. Wild yeah. yeah. West. Yeah. Um, if the well, if you were to answer this this one sentence, Devin. Okay. Uh, how have you been? Successful over the years that you've been in this industry, what what has set you apart?
3: You know, my wife may disagree, but um, <laughs> listening—you you, got—you have to listen to to the people around you, both from from a consumer standpoint and a colleague standpoint. Um, you you can't do everything. As much as you know, again, my wife says that I think I know everything and I'm right all the time. That's certainly not the case. But you you have to be able to listen to everybody. Who's around you? You'll pick up cues. You'll you'll educate yourself. You'll find a, a new way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you keep your ears open, you know.
0: And what about business growth for you and the bank in the next five to ten years? What do you forecast?
3: Um, you know, it's it's you know it's going to be a a a slow, but and I don't want to say slow as in you know we're we're taking our time, trickling you know a trickling stream, but it's going to be a well developed, slow, consistent process. Right is is you're not going to see dramatic highs or dramatic lows. It's going to be a steady
0: incline. Okay. Well, that would probably suit your investors anyway.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It? Yeah. Keeps me, you know, keeps me uh, coming in the office and my name on the door. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and what advice can you give to up and coming businesses or businesses that perhaps listening to the show that they're looking to make a leap forward? Um, I'd say you know
3: make sure you have your arms stretch out far enough. You know, by that, I mean, have your resources, know who you can talk to, know who you can go to for that, for that advice. And, um, you know, make a, a conscious decision that you want to be proactive in, in expanding your business. You know, and if you're on the fence about it, figure out why you're on the fence. Cause if you're, if you're not fully committed, you're not going to be successful in my opinion.
0: Well, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could beat that. And as far as the listeners are concerned to connect to you, which way would you like? Well, what is the best way for them to contact you?
3: Um, You can walk in the door. Come say hi to me. <laughs> That's interesting. I'll take, I'll take you to lunch. You know, we'll, we'll have a nice little conversation.
0: Did you hear that? Free <laughs> lunch. <laughs> yeah.
3: Wow. All right.
0: There you yeah, go. There I'll tell you.
3: you what. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can always call the office. You know, is is got uh, a great team always answers the phone. If they don't answer by the second ring, it's because we're running around like our chickens with our head cut off.
0: But, All you know, right. we're still getting things done. Then the robot answers. No,
3: we don't have robots. Ooh, I told you that. Welcome no. to the
0: Great Western Bank. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> GreatWesternBank.com. And the LinkedIn URL is linkedincom in dash. Evan-Brown, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. you will find them all there. Absolutely. But again, I just go to the, uh, to the website. I would do that. <laughs> well, last but not least, The Voice. This man, you can hear him coming well and truly. He has done a lot of things. He's lived life. He's been a contestant. He's won a lot of money. He's lost a lot of money. He's been <laughs> wait, wait, a baker. Wait, wait a minute. Where was that one? I missed that one. <laughs> He's been up and down. Dan. True. Uh, Dan Gibson is the Director of Communications for Visit Tucson now. If anybody is a young, aspiring, budding, wanting to be PR consultant, communications director, <laughs> what's the biggest advice you'd give them seriously, Dan?
2: Well, I think what's been good in my profession, and I think it translates to most things, is, is really trying to figure out how to, uh, how, how people how to tell a story is the main thing and i think people disregard the sort of power that narrative has in our lives in people wanting a something that has a beginning and a middle and an end that has uh adversity that has triumph that has a, a, a line to it and you know when you're talking about a city when you're talking about a place people want to understand where the struggles the things that have been they, they want something that's authentic that's real and i think that carries over to most professions i think yeah. you know when you're talking about film when you're talking about uh, people's arc with their investments and their, their stories like how do you mm-hmm. how do you realize where you're wanting to go and and what it means for you to get there it, that's that's what was great for me in journalism it's what's great uh, in PR is to say somebody like Don Garrett down the street at Barrio Bakery, you know, why did he get into this business? What, what, why is he passionate about local grains? Why is he doing what he's doing? And how that got him to a James Beard nomination, which is like functionally the Oscars of food. That's us. that's what's been successful for us is like connecting those really mm. personal narratives. Mm. A, a place can have uh, attractions and uh, parks and the things that think, but people want to feel connected to a sense of place. That's usually the people, people love Tucson because Tucson kind of welcomes them back. You have a personality here. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so I think for anybody, you know, uh, when I talk to my son, I talk to my daughter. It's just like learn to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Like just learn to think about where's the hook in this that it that attracts somebody to what's happening. And, and you know, I think you see that in, in this business as well, right? Mm-hmm. It it's really right. is. It's, right. it's such a cliche, but it really is about people and, and where, where they've been and where they're going.
0: Well, thank you, Dan. Of course. It's, it's been a fabulous show. Dan Gibson, uh, the Director of Communications for Visit Tucson. And, of course, you'll be able to contact any of these gentlemen uh, once you get to the site when the show is finished. It'll be put up with uh, all their details and a bio and so on and photograph and all their contacts. And that stays there forever on the Business Radio Network. And uh, by all means, it's Tucson's means business. And our other guest was Devin Brown, Branch Manager of the Great Western Bank. You'll probably hear a lot more about them in time. Or it'll be... Who were they? Weren't they here for five minutes? I'm not sure. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. They'll be around a long time. And uh, the guy that has been here 50 years, Richard Rose, and uh, Film Creations Limited is the name of his company. I thank you all, gentlemen. It's been a great show. I uh, appreciate it. Coming to you live on the Business Radio Network from the Stuart Title a studio uh, in their um, corporate offices uh, on Broadway in Tucson, and proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club.